welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. If you look closely at our Little Rocks program at East York, you'll find references to elm trees all over. In today's podcast, I'll explain why elm, effort, learning, and making mistakes is a core concept of our kids' curling program. I'll also share how we implemented it into our program. In this week's coaching tidbit, I'll recommend a curling game with a memorable finish. If you haven't already figured it out, I can be a little nerdy when it comes to coaching material. Sometimes in my spare time, I'll browse through the shelves of a library or a bookstore looking for a hidden nugget of a coaching book. It was during one of these searches that I found a book called The Double Goal Coach. Written in 2003, the author, Jim Thompson, promotes his philosophy of positive coaching and his belief that the two goals of every coach are, one, to win, and two, to teach life lessons. Very early in the book, Thompson introduces the Elm Tree of Mastery. ELM is an acronym that stands for Effort, learning, and making mistakes. Rather than focusing on the scoreboard, the author argues that our athletes should focus on the elm principles instead. The idea of an elm tree really spoke to me as a coach. It put the focus on things that we could control, and it was short and sweet and easy to communicate to the kids. My goal is not to sell you on the elm concept. Instead, I want to show you how I implemented elm into my Little Rocks program. If you have another coaching philosophy that you want to introduce to your kids, you can use the same methods I used with Elm to make it a part of your program. The first thing I did was to create a weekly Elm Award. At the end of every Little Rocks practice, before we dismiss everyone for snack, we gather together on the ice, and the coaches recognize kids who demonstrate effort, learning, and making mistakes. At the beginning of the season, I would get the kids to recite what the letters stood for. I'd say something like, It's time for the Elm Awards. What does the E stand for? Effort, they would yell back, and so on and so forth. Not only was I training the kids, but I was also training the coaches. During practice, while I was visiting the different sheets, I would remind the coaches to be on the lookout for any possible winners and to think about why they might win an award that week. When it came time to give out the awards, a coach would nominate a curler and give us a couple of sentences telling us why they were nominated. Generally speaking, I'd give the coaches a lot of leeway when it came to the reasons why. But, if the award was based on results, like, she made a great shot to win the game, I wanted to make clear that we were recognizing the effort they demonstrated, and not the great result. Sometimes the coaches wouldn't nominate anyone, and we wouldn't have any winners that week. But I would always tell the kids that we didn't just give awards out. They would have to be earned. The winners of the weekly Elm Award got small stickers of an elm tree that they could put on their helmets. I made it a point to hand their sticker to them personally, in front of their parents while they were having snack in the lounge. I would also tell them why they won, which forced me to pay attention during the award nominations. We also recognize the Elm Awards in our weekly email newsletter. Here's an example I wrote last season, with the child's name removed. 
Curling is a team sport, so helping your fellow teammate is one of the most important things you can do. I nominated this curler because he helped a teammate put on his slider in the middle of our draw game competition. Speaking of recognition, we also created a major award called the Elm Season Award. We give it to up to five curlers who demonstrate the Elm principles throughout the whole season. Typically, we reward the kids who receive the most weekly awards, but we also review all the kids to see who has done the most learning from the start of the season to the end. They get their names engraved on a framed picture of an elm tree that hangs in our lounge. If an opportunity arises to plug the elm principles, we'll take advantage of it. For example, we have a graphic of an elm tree on the shoulder of our team hoodies. We post an elm sign on the door that leads to the ice. And we even ask parents in our year-end survey if they know what ELM stands for. But you should never rest on your laurels. You have to try new things. For us, that meant creating an ELM award at our annual Little Rocks Bond Spiel. We explained the criteria to all the visiting coaches, and we asked them to nominate players from other teams, not their own. We saved it for the final award of the day, and the winners received toques from the Youth Winter Olympics. I didn't realize how much of an effect it would have until I received an email from a coach months later. Coach Jen from Tam Heather Curling and Tennis Club wrote me, I really liked the award you gave at the end, the one where the prize was the toque. The one girl wears her toque all the time, which is a testament to how important it was to be given that award. Winning is not always the goal. Being a good team player, being kind, and looking out for others is a worthy goal and something we can learn from the sport too. If you truly believe in a coaching philosophy, you'll do your best to structure your program around it. Give it the proper time and effort it deserves. And be prepared to change things up if it's not working the way you want. To learn more about Jim Thompson's work, visit the Positive Coaching Alliance website. A link will be available in our show notes. Okay, now it's time for this week's Coaching Tidbit. In this segment, I share a piece of coaching information that might help you in your coaching education. Sometimes you learn just by watching a game. Rewind to the 2004 Briar Final. Team Nova Scotia, skipped by Mark Dacey, is facing the three-time defending champion, Team Alberta, and skip Randy Furby. It's the 10th and final end. Alberta is up too, but Nova Scotia has the hammer. You can go over that final end with almost any age group of curlers. It still remains one of the most memorable finishes in curling history. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes there, as well as links to the resources mentioned in this episode and past episodes. The intro and outro music was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.